the Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro and CrumbleCookies.com. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is August the 30th of 2023. Today is International Whale Shark Day. Oh, I love those. Those are the kind of big sharks that uh, have spots on them, but they're kind of considered whales because they won't eat you. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. These things can be between 18 and 33 feet long. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Just so you know, they can be massive. Uh, Today is also National Toasted Marshmallow Day. Mm. National Grief Awareness Day. Okay. And it's National Beach Day. All right. And I realize that unless you're listening to us, you know, on a podcast or you're listening to us on a stream, if you're in Arkansas, there's a pretty good chance you're not on the beach today. Yeah, I know. So we thought maybe we could transform you and take you to a beach. Beach. And maybe you might think we're taunting you if you're not on the beach. Possibly. Somewhere on a beach, hey. sipping something strong. Got a new girl, she's got, got it going, going on. on. We drink all day and party all night. I'm way too gonna have you on my And just for night. Kelly, because, I mean, we might as well. Oh, yeah. If everybody had a nose. Here we go. Across the USA. National Beach Day. Then everybody be served like California. Hey now. You see them wearing their baggies. We're Archie Sandals too. A bushy, bushy blonde hair Serving USA. Thanks for getting up and starting your Wednesday with Arkansas's morning show. Here we go. It's a brand new day. Wake up. This is Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. So when we talk to Dr. Spites, he tells us all the time there's a number of things we need to work on to be healthier and live longer. Yeah. Diet, exercise, sleep. He says it all the time, right? So I was reading this deal that was talking about the blunders that a lot of Americans make before we go to sleep. All right, let's hear it. And it seems like a lot of times, even if we have a routine, we get to the point where we are so wore out by the end of the day, we just go to bed. Mm-hmm. And they were talking to people about some of the bedtime blunders they make. And they were like, hey, man, do you guys ever fall asleep while you're scrolling on your phone? 51% of people say they do that. Ooh. Like they're actively on their phone and then they just, boom, they're done. I don't think I do that much. No, I've never, I don't think I've ever done mm-hmm. that. Uh, they say that more young people do that than older people do. Uh, have you ever gone to bed? After forgetting to brush your teeth or wash your face. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you're tired and you just, you know, pass out. Yeah. And a lot of people lied about this one because 41% of people say they do that. That means, what is that? Like 59% say they don't. Right. That's a lot. It's happened before. Yes. I mean, I get maybe you want to make sure you wash your face or brush your teeth, but not everybody does that. Have you ever fallen asleep without saying goodnight to somebody? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much a nightly thing for me. 
we'll be watching TV and like, you know, I'll be asleep for like hours. <laughs> Leslie can tell, tells me she can always tell if I've fallen asleep because I will endure like long commercial breaks. Oh, okay. Like typically I'm trying to zip around and do all yep. this different stuff. But like if the commercials keep playing and they keep on going, she's yeah. like, he's out. Uh, they say, have you ever uh, forgotten to turn off your TV or to set a timer? Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, that doesn't wake me up. The TV doesn't. Mm-hmm. You can sleep with the TV mm-hmm. on. See, my mother, I remember when I was a kid, she could only sleep with the TV on. Ooh. Like she she didn't want the dark room and the silence and stuff like yeah. that. She wanted something going on. Have you ever fell asleep with your clothes on? Uh, Yeah, I have. And I guess I have. 37% of people say they have. 47% of Gen Z says they do that on a regular basis. I can just tell you if I wake up as a dude and there's a t-shirt wrapped around me and it's like all tied around my stomach. That's awful. You feel claustrophobic. Oh, like and for so many of us, you know, just take most things off. Huh. Don't act like you don't know. What? Does your son sleep with the shirt on? No, I don't think he does. No. Because Kai did for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older, he's like, yeah. he, he got rid of it. Uh, have you ever fallen asleep without setting your alarm? Yes. <laughs> have you ever fallen asleep with the lights on? Yes. Dude, you know you're tired if you can go mm-hmm. to sleep with the lights on. And have you ever fell asleep with your glasses on or your contacts in? Yep. Have you? Yeah, with my glasses <laughs> on, like reading something. Yeah. And you're just mm-hmm. out. But the key is we need to have a good bedtime routine, put down our phones, yeah. dim the lights, turn the TV off. And, and they all say, all the experts and doctors say, we need to do that about 30 minutes before our expected bedtime, maybe even an hour. Ooh. But I bet most of us probably don't do. Time to wake up. It's the most fun way to start your day. Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to Joey C. Fuentes III from Clinton. So Joey has just now been named the Rookie of the Year from Dakota Lithium Bassmaster. Mm-hmm. So he was at this event in New York. His final score was a 698, which allowed him to become the Rookie of the Year. That's a pretty prestigious deal, so congratulations to him. With this win, he has scored $10,000 as a prize. And he was also in fifth place in the Bassmaster Progressive Insurance Angler of the Year standings. Wow. So what comes next for Joey C. Fuentes III? He's headed off to Tulsa in March for the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic. So congratulations to him. That's a big deal. If you need fishing lessons... Reach out to Joey. I'm telling you, out of all the people around the country who love to fish and who want to compete, congratulations goes out to Joey. So here's to you, Joey C. Fuentes III of Clinton. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to writefiber.com. The best way to start your day. Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is August the 30th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. 
This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. So we have Country Music News today on Billboard magazine. They did this deal talking about uh, the top grossing country concert tours of all time. And there's one person who stands at the top of the list as selling the most tickets, making the most money, doing the most shows. And we'll get to him in just a few minutes. Let's run through the top five. Coming in at number five, again, this is the top grossing concert tours of all time in country. Number five is Shania. She's grossed $421 million. Uh, coming in at number four is Tim McGraw. So hard. So Tim's done $434 million. Coming in at number three, congratulations, Luke Bryan. So Luke said $498 million grossed in concerts, right? And then we get to the top two, and there's a big jump to number two. Number two, with $734 million in gross ticket sales, George Strait. And Amy wow. Lou got caught passing me a note Before the teacher took it I read what she wrote Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? So George Strait's number two, and far and away the number one guy, the number one person who's made more money off concert tours than any other country artist in history. Congratulations to Kenny Chesney. So Chesney has put more than 18 million fans in arenas and stadiums, 950 shows, and Kenny Chesney's grossed $1.17 billion in concert revenue, which is crazy money right there and far and away uh, the biggest guy in country. Now, Taylor Swift, just so you know, uh, they're only counting her country tours, not the stuff she's done recently because, you know, after Mm -hmm. this, she'll probably have the biggest tours ever. Uh, But congratulations to Kenny Chesney. Billboard magazine says he's grossed more money in country music than anyone else at the live shows. We have country music news on Dolly. Working So Dolly's been in England promoting her rock star album, and she's not playing around. Her schedule is packed so tight she's turned down a visit with royalty. What? So in a recent interview, Dolly says, quote, This time, Lordy, I even got invited to have tea with Kate Middleton, and I felt so bad I couldn't go because they had all this stuff set up. But I thought that was very sweet and nice of her to invite me to tea. So she went on to say that one day she wants to make it happen, but make it happen but she joked that uh kate middleton isn't out promoting her rock album so she was gonna have to say no but she hopes that she hears the album now if you don't know rockstar is a 30 track album there's collaborations with people like paul mccartney ringo Starr, sting chris stapleton elton john john fogarty uh joan jett steven tyler peter frampton and kid rock hence the album rockstar but there's going to be nine original tracks 21 rock anthems including free bird Purple Rain, and We Are the Champions, but it comes out uh, November 17th. And country music news today on John Party. A big congratulations to John as he has scored his sixth number one song with this one. Your heart of mine, is it whiskey or wine? Is it something in the night making us want to cross Your heart of mine goes number one. Congratulations to John Party on hitting that number one spot for the sixth time. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. 
Call Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly, 870-935-5346. So I think we've made it pretty clear over the years that we love crumble cookies. And as soon as crumble cookies opened up in Jonesboro, Kelly told me, you're going to love this. You're going to become addicted to the cookies. And I think everybody decides they love the cookies at crumble, the big pink box, especially when you get it and those cookies are warm. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't even want to wait until you get home to eat the cookies. Uh, I don't think I ever have waited till I got home. Like you got to have at least some of it in the car, but so many great flavors. And the cool thing about crumble is, is every single week there's flavors that rotate in and rotate out. So you can get something different every time you go. And on the menu this week, the snickerdoodle cupcake, a classic flavor made even more delicious, a warm cinnamon sugar cookie topped with cream cheese frosting and an extra dash of cinnamon sugar. They also have the chocolate peanut butter puffs. It's a chilled chocolate cookie that they top with creamy peanut butter frosting and a crunch of chocolate peanut butter cereal puffs on top. How about the French silk pie? A chilled dark chocolate pie inspired cookie layered with velvety chocolate mousse, a dollop of whipped cream, and a delicate sprinkle of chocolate curls. They have the cookie butter lava featuring Biscoff. This is that mouthwatering cookie that's stuffed and drizzled with that melty Biscoff cookie butter spread and then sprinkled with crumbly cookie pieces on top. How about the confetti, a warm, playful vanilla sugar cookie bursting with rainbow sprinkles? And of course, you have the classic, the can't-go-wrong cookie. It's the milk chocolate chip. It's thick, it's soft, and it's packed with a million and a half milk chocolate chips. Check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can always download the Crumble Cookies app and order online that way, or check them out online at crumblecookies.com. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know the woman who invented the sports bra made her first prototype out of two jock straps? Her <laughs> name is Hinda Miller, and she helps invent, invent it in the 1970s. She eventually went on to be a state senator in Vermont. And on behalf of all the women globally, I would like to say thank you, Hinda. Yeah, she did a great service mm-hmm. to all of you with... Uh, she really did. Girl parts. Okay. What? Okay. What? And did you know every passport in the world has a cover that's red, green, blue, or black? Huh. Yeah. I didn't know. I've never had a passport. I've never I had to have one. I think they mean something, but I haven't gone that far into my research okay. and my facts. Gotcha. And did you know the following song titles are also classic movies? Dazed and Confused, Kill Bill, American Pie. Oh, yeah. I started singing bye. bye. Another one, Pretty Woman. And remember the movie where Patrick Dempsey goes from totally geek to to totally chic? He was like a nerd. And then he got the girl long before his McDreamy days. I know you've heard the song and maybe seen the movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. Love it. And if you didn't know, now you know. Wake up, wake up. Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. The best start to my day. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Thanks for starting your day with us. Today is National Beach Day. Okay. Which is, I mean, it's great if you live by the beach. Yeah. Except for our friends in Florida who live right by the bend. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that hurricane, you know, Hurricane Adelia. Oh, yeah. It's about to impact land. They're talking about Category 4 winds like 125 Gosh. miles per hour, so. Uh, anyway, I guess when you live in Florida and along the Gulf Coast, you kind of know that that comes with the territory, but it's scary every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you in uh, sunny and pretty beachy areas, 
We can celebrate some uh, beach day today. Yes. We've already played some beach boys this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We played some other beachy songs. Uh, and I thought beach etiquette would be good because some people don't seem to have it. Ooh, let's hear this. So here's some things that people need to be prepared for if they go to the beach. Things you need to know. Some of these things are maybe possibly unwritten rules. <laughs> okay. There's some things that maybe if you don't have much common sense, you might not understand. Yes. So I speak to you and speak to myself. <laughs> here, here are things that people say you need to make sure you follow when you're on the beach. Okay. Don't set up too close to other people. Yeah. Like if people are trying to lay out and read books and have blankets out and stuff like that, you don't want to go sit next to them. Or block somebody's view, like right in front of them, and they oh. look up and like, there's your chair. Nobody would do that. Uh, yes, there are people. Don't say no one. There's so many people that would do that. Surely Oblivious. people know. Well, that don't know. Oh, gosh. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. They say don't litter on the beach. That's a bad deal. Uh, don't shake off your blankets or your towels right next to somebody. Gosh. <laughs> you would. I mean, how can that not be common sense? I don't know, man. Uh, don't play your music too loud if you're on the beach, they say. Yeah. Uh, they say keep an eye on your kids if you're on the beach. Ooh, yeah, some people have issues with that. Yeah. Kelly used to send her kids Shut out. Up, she Brandon. would tell them, go as far out in the ocean as you you're can go. <laughs> Wave at me. <laughs> go catch a wave. See what you can do out there, kids. Uh, they also say don't yell, don't scream, don't be obnoxious. Hmm. So Kelly's not allowed uh, around beaches. <laughs> uh, don't leave a mess behind in the spot where you were beaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no sense in a lot of PDA on the beach. It's a family situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one beach you went to when you were in Hawaii <laughs> with your cousin. <laughs> no, here's we went to a, a beach in in Hawaii, and uh, we had all of the kids with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there was this woman that we looked over, and this beach was not supposed to be a uh, an all or nothing beach. Sure. And we looked over there and it was the little one, the 10 year old that saw it first. And she was in all of her glory. Yeah. Uh, no, the woman was not the 10 year old. Correct. Yes, just the clarify. woman was. And uh, it was not, um, it just wasn't a good thing. Like it, it just wasn't a good thing. This was thing. not, uh, this was not Elle McPherson. No, no. This was not Farrah Fawcett. no. This was not Pamela Anderson. We don't even have to go that high on the list. Like, it just wasn't, uh, the the kids were scarred. Let's just say they they weren't sure what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's life right there, buddy. There you go. (laughs) That's That's as real as it gets. Uh, Yeah, the other thing they say if you're on the beach is don't stare, which can can be difficult. I get it. I got no because I got called out when I was at Panama City Beach because here comes like it's a bunch of families right and people are just kind of rolling around doing family things mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here comes like a Hawaiian tropic model and she has a, a g string on a thong <laughs> and so I, automatically I know yeah. I can't look uh-huh. I know that but my wife accused me of looking anyway. Do you want me to tell you that it was a male that invented sunglasses? Oh, why do you say that? Because every male wears sunglasses <laughs> so they can look one way but look the other and it not look like they're looking <clears throat> i will not comment on this national beach day uh, know your uh, beach etiquette before you hit the waves and hit the beach 
I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So LaQuinta should just roll with this as free advertising. Their complimentary breakfast does include sausage sometimes. A 35-year-old guy got arrested after exposing himself in the breakfast area at the LaQuinta Inn near St. Louis. His name is Kenny Johnson. What? No, no. Yes. 100% true. It's not Jimmy Dean? No. (laughs) Good one. Well, he approached a woman, unzipped his shorts, and exposed himself. She told the front desk they called the cops. The hotel says there's security footage, and according to the police, he's from the next town over, so it's not clear if he was staying there or just popping in to show off the goods. He's facing up to a year in prison for first-degree misconduct. Yeah, that is uh, probably not something that's appropriate. No. Speaking of hotels offering a complimentary breakfast, every morning at breakfast for the past six months, I announce loudly to my family that I'm going for a jog, and then I don't. Uh, It's my longest running joke of the year. Okay. It's not a good running joke. (laughs) And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Everybody get up right now. Waking you up. Waking up Arkansas. This is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. Ah, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, August the 30th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Crystal Crocker of Jonesboro, who celebrates today. Chase Lee from Fort Smith. Bob Snell from Rogers is celebrating his birthday. Happy birthday. Remember him from, uh, you know, the news and also, you know, many years at Central Baptist Church, too. So happy birthday to our buddy Bob Snell. Uh, Blake Couch of Jonesboro celebrates a birthday today. Sean McDowell of Jonesboro celebrates. What about Nancy Perry? She's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday from Butch, Kaylee, and Cole. Happy birthday, Nancy. Carlin Hillman of Elmira has a birthday today. Uh, let's see here. Caitlin Sanchez of Jonesboro. This is cool. Sweet 15. This says, uh, basically, Caitlin, you are simply the best. Love mom and like everyone else. Aww. Because everyone feels the same way. And I understand that Caitlin has a song right now that's, I guess, her favorite song. Yep. From the Barbie movie. Come on now. Watch me. Okay, Caitlin. Caitlin Sanchez of Jonesboro, Sweet 15 today. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy Happy birthday birthday to all y'all and you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday today to Andy Roddick. He's 41, retired tennis star. and He's also married to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Cover Girl. Yeah, not as she I, is. I figured you were going to say her name. Uh, Brooklyn Decker, because yeah. Brooklyn Decker is the one <clears throat> in the mm. yellow bathing suit, y'all. In that movie? 
Uh, yeah, it might have been 15 years ago, but I, I still, <laughs> okay. dudes will know what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is 51 today. Aww. She, Of course, she was in something, there's something about Mary, my best friend's wedding, and Charlie's Angels. Yep. Michael Chiklis is 60, a de- uh, detective Vic Mackey on The Shields and The Thing in the <laughs> pre-reboot uh, Fantastic Four movies. Yep. Ben Jones is 82. Brandon, that was Cooter on The Dukes of Hazard. You know what? I've been to Cooter's place before. Have you? I have. Just a good old the one in Nashville. Never mean it no harm. That's a Dukes of Hazard Museum. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. That's pretty cool. So happy birthday to Cooter, Ben Jones, who's 82 today. And happy birthday today to BB Rexa. She's 34. Happy birthday, BB. You know, she still follows me on Twitter. Yes, you tell me almost daily. I check almost daily to make sure she hasn't unfollowed me yet. <laughs> I'm going to start a campaign of her to unfollow you. No, don't do that. Okay. Happy birthday to BB Rexa, who is 34 today. birthday goes out to my good friend, B.B. Rexa, mm-hmm. who turns 34 today. Happy birthday, B.B. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the good doctor. He's the one that makes you feel all right. He's the one they call. Feel good. And he's going to be your Frankenstein. Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Shane's Bites! Ooh, that was good. Hey. Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Feel Good! Yo, he is a dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. That means he is teaching the future of medicine. He is Dr. Shane Spites. What's up, Doc? I'm good, I'm good. Good morning, guys. Y'all okay? We're good. Going? Oh, let me tell you this. Pump day. Pump day. Yep. Oh, yeah, you must be hanging around Brandon, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll know, we're nowhere in the same supermarket when it's. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should take that back. It's fine. It's fine. I, I would imagine a lot of your students will not be impressed that you and I were doing that on the radio this morning. Uh, yeah, sir. They should be studying. So oh, I, I yeah. like, they, they mentioned the name of the radio. I was like, why won't you study? No, so. don't tell them that. They can listen if they want to. We can be the escape from the books. Yes. Yeah, not much escape from those books. All but right. They, hey, they get a little, little break every once in a while. I want to ask you about, mm-hmm. we talked about COVID, and I hate bringing it up because I think for a lot of people it's like a bad word. Nobody wants to hear about yeah. it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But there was, uh, I saw a coworker. I was had to come to work in the middle of the day, and I passed a coworker. And then I saw on social media later in the day that the, there might have been a COVID case within the building. And you've told us it was going to happen, uh, but it looks like the cases are ramping up because uh, evidently we have one here, too. Yeah, and it's not real surprising. Actually, you can go to the um, this is public data. You can go to the Arkansas Department of Health website. You can see where the cases have gone up. Like right now, our cases are probably 
where we've been, you know, where we were back in February. <clears throat> so we had some spikes back in February, um, and we're kind of up into that area now. So, um, yeah, we absolutely are seeing it. Um, no surprise, school's back in session, A-State's back in session. Um, you know, people are around each other. I've seen it. Uh, I saw it in clinic yesterday. I saw um, quite a few patients uh, in clinic with it. <clears throat> Nobody really, really sick. Now, for the elderly, you will see some that will end up being hospitalized for it. I do expect to see that. For most people, it's just going to be kind of a drag. And what I mean by that is you may be sick for two to three days. And I'm saying sick, I mean, like, you might be in bed. Mm -hmm. Some people, it's just a, it just starts off. For most, it starts off as a little bit of a sore throat, some nasal congestion, headache, slight cough. But here recently, I've seen some that have come in that have actually had some GI symptoms. That have had some upset stomach, some diarrhea, some vomiting, and that can be associated with it too. Um, and it's unfortunate right now too. Our testing's not great, and so we're having to, you know, when you pick up on it, you, it's basically once you've kind of seen it, you're like, okay, yeah, I know what I'm seeing now. This kind of walks like a duck, kind of quacks like a duck, because this test only pick up about 15 percent of the cases. Oh, wow. unfortunately, are people yeah. shocked at this point? Because I think so many people have mentally moved past it. When you tell people it's COVID? Are they kind of shocked by the fact that that's a diagnosis? Uh, yes and no. Um, I'll say, like, the, of the ones that I've been seeing, most of them kind of thought, because I guess they probably got on the internet, kind of Googled their symptoms, um, and probably saw, okay, this is kind of consistent with COVID. And, 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 oh, by the way, somebody in my family or my roommate had it and had the same symptoms about, you know, four or five days ago, and so, which is, you know, there's an incubation period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just being passed around from person to person. Um, you don't feel good at all with it. And I think that's the problem is that it lingers. People are used to getting like a cold, like, you know, a mild cold lasts 24, maybe 48 hours, and mm-hmm. you're good. And this thing can linger for a few days, and you're like, look, it's been 7, 10 days, and I'm still not feeling, you know, great, basically. I'm not over it. And, yeah, that's just kind of what it does. It kind of lingers. There is one, uh, since you brought it up, there is one variant that we're watching, not really here yet, but um, – it may hit us the end of October, uh, end of November, but we're just kind of watching that one right now. And that one's kind of unique in terms of how it infects people. Um, but right now, we don't have any reason to believe that it's any more virulent, is the word we would use, or basically any any stronger or any more um, lethal or anything like that. So we don't we don't we don't see that right now. <clears throat> have you followed the story on the WWE wrestler Bray Wyatt who passed away? Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. Bring me up speed on that one. So he's thir- he's, he was 36 years old, big-time wrestler, like a big-time superstar in the WWE, right? Uh, and he'd yeah. been gone for a minute. Evidently, they realized at some point that he had some type of a heart condition uh, that they were trying yeah. to work their way through. He ended up getting COVID earlier on this year. Uh, and they say that COVID might have damaged his heart even more to the point where he suffered a heart attack in his sleep last week and died at the age of 36 and kind of rocked the whole wrestling world. But like we're seeing these long-term effects, I guess, with uh, with COVID. Mm-hmm. Even if you get over the COVID, maybe you don't really know what the effect's going to be long-term. And so that is one of the things. And there's been, and I'll be honest with you, we still don't know exactly what that looks like. There've been a couple of studies come out, and then people are like, "Well, you know, I'm not sure about that data." And so we're still trying to tease that out. One thing we do know about COVID, and I've mentioned this several times before on your show, and I think it's something worth uh, reminding people. COVID is different in terms of once it gets into your body, it seeks out certain organs. And so, it, you know, unlike like the flu, like the flu for the most part, yeah, and it it's going to damage your lungs. It's going to wreak havoc there on your, you know, your upper airway and things like that. 
COVID gets in and like it specifically targets like heart, brain, uh, small intestine, uh, ovaries, testicles, um, liver, uh, like there's certain organs that it actually targets based on this kind of this lock and key mechanism. Like it has the key to these like five or six organ systems, mm. um, the eyes. Uh, some people get a conjunctivitis with COVID, which sounds weird, but, you know, most viruses actually cause uh, conjunctivitis. But COVID is just a weird, weird virus in that it can target these different systems. And to your point, you can see things that you otherwise wouldn't expect. Like I, I remember specifically service, uh, when COVID first was really coming out, we were seeing people sick with it. I had this really athletic young female who it had hit her liver. And so I, we were following her because it had, it had caused some damage to her liver. Now, um, the body's an amazing thing. For the most part, if you're young, healthy, doing everything right, your body can repair itself um, in most cases. And so we just kind of followed it. And, and sure enough, you know, her liver repaired itself. But it took months. I mean, it was something we followed for probably four or five months um, where she kind of slowly got back to normal. But, yeah, it, it's just a really strange virus. Let me ask you uh, one thing you mentioned. You said, uh, you know, doing everything right, the people who are doing everything right. Let's be real. What percentage of people do you think do everything right as far as sleep, diet, exercise, no alcohol, all the stuff? Because I would assume that number, when you say everything right, I don't figure a lot of people do everything right. Maybe you do. So, so no, no, I don't do everything right. But, but so it's, I'm laughing because when I have patients in the clinic, you know, regardless of what they're there for, I usually go through the, Hey, let's talk about it. And you know this. You know, hey, talk about your diet, your exercise, your sleep hygiene. I'll kind of hit that and kind of see what's going on. And yeah. everybody's got something. Nobody's doing all these right. Mm-hmm. Except last week I had a dude that came in and hit it all. And I said, brother, I need to set you out in the waiting room and just have you talk to me <laughs> come in. He's, a, he's an ASU rugby player. And he's literally doing it all right. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so, no, no. He's, I mean, he was tell me exactly what he's eating and what he eats in the morning. And what he's, and, I mean, he's just watching that. And it's not that he's, he's not crazy about it in terms of these are the exact calories of this. And, but, I mean, he's eating good foods, yeah. and he gets good sleep, and he's got a really good regular, you know, fairly diverse uh, exercise routine. Um, but I was like, man, I need, to, I need you need to be the poster child for this. Right. <laughs> he's like the first guy ever. So he says percentage. <laughs> Very few people are doing it all, I mean, including myself, that are really doing it all. I mean, you, you can always strive to. Yeah. But he was the first guy that actually is doing it all. That's wild. Yeah, and I think yeah, we, we all have things we can aspire to do. And just <clears throat> those small little improvements will make the difference. You know, if, if you're not doing any exercise, just go out for a walk. That does change the game for you. A hundred percent it does. And I see more and more articles about that. So they talk about, look, you know, the, the whole, how many steps am I getting in? And there, you know, more articles like, look, any steps are better than none. And I think that's the key is you think, oh, I've got to be getting 20,000 steps in a day. No, you don't. You just got to get steps in. Get steps in. Just move. Move your body. There was an article that came out that uh, the title of it was, what's different between the superagers and the rest of us? Mm-hmm. And superagers are people that are up in their really 80s and 90s and even early 100s that are still mentally sharp and that are still fairly active. And really, um, they're, they can kind of hold their own with like a 30-year-old, 20 or 30-year-old from a mental standpoint. I mean, so when you study those groups, what you find out is, for the most part, they've been physically active since like their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Like they were, they were fairly consistent in their activity. Um, they really did not suffer at all from any depression or anxiety. Um, so they were, they were really kind of very positive thinking, forward thinking, mentally sharp. Um, you know, the, so the activity was really what they honed in on in this study. 
Now, and, you know, I'll say diet and sleep is also a piece of it because I think people spend a lot of time on one of those areas Mm -hmm. and you can't ignore the others. And that's the big thing is you can't say, you know, oh, well, you know, look, I work out all, all the time and I do all this exercise, but I eat, you know, fast food every other meal or, you know, I'm only sleeping five hours a night. You know, well, that's not going to work out for you because it's got to be this, this holistic approach to health in terms of, you know, not only how we're living now, but how we want to live 20 and 30 years from now. And that's kind of what this Super Agers article article had. So we need to think like, you know, hey, we're not going to be perfect, but if we can get one step better every single day, that's kind of the way to look at it. You mentioned, oh, 100%. 100%. You mentioned anxiety. Do you remember the spring game? We did the A-State football spring game and Kai had a little bit of a panic attack and yeah. Uh, I reached out to you. We had that big conversation and, you know, we were kind of like, oh, what are we going to have to do? And uh, the good news is, is he really hasn't had an episode like that again. It was one of those really isolated type weird things. Uh, but he has been exercising with me more. And, you know, he's about to be 14. He goes to the gym with me a lot of times, uh, a lot of the days that I go. Uh, and he's talking about how, like, his anxiety, he doesn't worry as much. He feels better. The confidence level is different. So. I think it's important, yeah. and you know, it's something that he didn't have much interest in until just recently. But the idea of, of making sure our kids are active, even if they're not playing, you know, sports, if they're not involved in activities like that, keeping them active, we're teaching them great lessons. It starts early that that maybe I didn't really, you know, I didn't have that lesson when I was young. I didn't exercise or work out. I hated going to PE. But you know, when I see these oh, no. young kids who are being active, yeah. it, it kind of excites me for them. No, you're absolutely right, and, and really any activity, any activity at all. I think you know, a lot of us when we were younger. You know, your parents locked you out of the house during the day, so all you had to do was run around outside and find things to do. Um, but we absolutely have to be intentional about that activity. And, and and back to Kai, you're exactly right. I would expect him to be feeling better mentally um, the more active he is, because we absolutely have the data and the science to back that up in terms of the stress hormones and how much they're lower. When you have regular physical activity and exercise, how it really calms down the body and how it allows the body to kind of release different stresses that it has kind of built up in it. So there's absolute evidence to support that. You mentioned uh, how our parents in the day used to kind of lock us out of our house. Hey, go outside and play. Uh, Kelly said her parents never really did that to her, but they did move around eight times when she was younger. Uh, But unfortunately, she was able to find them every single time. Brandon, (laughs) how long did it take you to sit there and come up with that? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I promise. This is really my house. Uh (laughs) Found you. Oh, man. (laughs) Hit me with one more thing. Again, Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning with some doc talk. I got a very very cool um, (laughs) article that I ran across that I wanted to share with you guys. So... And usually I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of skeptical of some things that I'm like, I want to read more about that. There was a study that came out that looked at when you sleep at night, having one of those, you know, one of those aroma, you know, fragrance things like the scents that goes off, like a eucalyptus or like, you know, peppermint or rosemary or something like that. Lavender. Lavender. There we go. I know that's a common one. Mm -hmm. It's a small study. Let me be clear. Very small studies. I need to follow up. But in this study, they did before and after cognitive tests. So they studied your cognition in terms of like your memory, your recall, your ability to concentrate. And they found it was, it was ridiculous. Like it was like a 200% increase in cognitive function for individuals who were using, who, who had those um, smelling um, scents, pleasant smelling scents, smelling scents at night when you went to sleep. Wow. So it was a dramatic boost in cognition. 
I'm going to put one on each side of my head. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? What? Oh, wow, that's pretty in- – but what happens is – so when you think about, well, how does that work? Yeah. Well, your olfactory nerve or the nerve that's up in your up in your nose that, that, that is um, a sensory um, uh, cluster, it basically has a direct highway. It's a direct connect to your brain and to the frontal part of your brain. And in terms of, of how it connects to cognition – they're thinking that that's what happens by stimulating that olfactory nerve and, those sti- and stimulating your sense of smell at night. It actually is boosting that area of your brain in terms of cognition. Isn't that cool? That's, that's very that cool. cool. And I don't have any scent other than, you know, like normal scents in my room. So maybe that's, I'll have to add some scents. That's scent. disgusting. <laughs> normal, normal scents. Yeah, you okay. do not want to talk to his wife about that. This sound that you, you guys, study. you guys took that the wrong direction. All right, y'all. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State, Doctor Feelgood, Doctor Shane Spites. Hey, we'll talk to you next week, man. Guys, great to talk to you. Have a great week. You too. Have a good Labor Day. All right, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined in studio this morning by Princella Smith, who is a Wynn, Arkansas resident at one point, uh, born and raised in Wynn, and mm-hmm. uh, now lives off in uh, the Franklin, Tennessee area near Nashville. Princella, I've seen your stuff on social media uh, for a while now. We wanted to have you in studio and. Uh, this morning, you decided to make the long drive from Nashville. <laughs> yes, I am so glad to be here. I'm going to tell you, it was a long drive, but I was looking, I've been looking forward to this uh, all week. So, good. yes, I'm glad to be here. And you guys do good stuff. When when the wind tornado happened on March the 31st, I remember, you know, we all saw wind as this, um, it was just a tra- uh, tragedy down there, what we saw with the, uh, the devastation and the damage to the city. And then the more people that we talked to, Princella, and they were there on the ground, and they were like, you're never going to believe it. You might see it on the news. You might see it on social media. But once you see it in person, it changes your life. Yeah, Brandon and Kelly, I mean, uh, you know, and Kelly is a Win native also, so we have that connection there. Win is one of those towns that your car can almost drive itself to where it needs to be. <laughs> right. That's how familiar. You know, basically it hadn't changed that much since I was growing up. Right. And so when I, when I came home uh, right after the tornado – I got disoriented. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know where anything was. Uh, my parents live in a in a nice neighborhood, and like those houses were torn up, messed up. I had to stop for a minute and figure out where to go. I went back over to where I went to school. The high school is completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad uh, runs an organization, a nonprofit organization at. Uh, it's the EU Deshay building, but we call it affectionately the park. Right. That building was a pile of bricks. It was gone, just nothing. Um, you know, my my uh, my grandmother's house was hit. My Aunt Joyce lived in a trailer turned upside down. I thank God that she wasn't there. So when I, I look and reflect, it was the high school administrative building completely destroyed where my mom works. Mm-hmm. So I personally feel blessed that I still have a mom. Yeah. I still have a dad. My dad could have easily been at the, at the park gym. In fact, in fact, he was at the gym and the police came by. And they said, Mr. Smith, who all, who you got in here? And he said, well, it's just me right now. And he said, okay, we just want to count for when this hits. Wow. And so my dad, yeah, my dad left. And thank God, because my parents' house was structurally sound enough that it did sustain damage, but the structure was there. So mm-hmm. they survived. Uh, I, I, I want to make this 
plain for everybody. My my dad's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay, my mom. They were doing that. My mom's a pastor's wife before I was born. Mm-hmm. Right. And my dad is a very strong man, former football player, big guy, six feet. Okay, he told me that they took cover. Uh, they took cover in the bathroom on the uh, floor on the bottom floor, um, and they could hear the tornado over their house. Mm-hmm. And they said their prayers. Mm-hmm. They really thought they were going to heaven. Here's what's crazy. And we talked about this on the air, um, you know, a day or two after the tornado. Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, when a disaster hits, and, and so many of us are hit with uh, with bad news all the mm-hmm. time, right? There's a news cycle. And typically, you know, everybody's going to focus on the wind tornado or the tornado in Little Rock mm-hmm. for 24 hours, 48 hours. And guess what? Then something else is going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes people forget. And nationally, we just kind of move on and we start focusing on something different. What you're telling me and what Kelly's told me from being there and everybody who's been on the ground there is just because it's been months since that tornado <laughs> happened. Right. The need is still there, and it's just as great as it was on March 31st. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a very succinct and very good way to put that. And But the need is still there. There are – I don't know. Do we get into this right now? Yeah, I think we go. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so Kelly and I, along with a a beautiful young lady named uh, Kimberly Mm Mosley, who is a realtor. I think I got a great group, right? You got me, you got a realtor, and then you got Kelly, who's a radio personality and former educator. We got together and we formed this group called We Are Neighbors. Our website is weareneighbors.us. If you're listening and you want to find a way to volunteer, it's weareneighbors.us. We formed this group because we wanted to set up an organization to help win. Now, eventually, um, especially depending on how well this goes, and I think it will go well, we want to be able to just help in disaster relief, period. But what we did was identify real needs that people have. Most importantly, it was why I'm glad we have a realtor in the group. These people need homes, man. I I mean, they need houses. And so that sounds really big to people listening to this. Sure. What about a house? Well, okay. So I have a number of elderly people in Wynn who the house is not completely gone, but like, hey, the roof is messed up. The floors are messed up. One lady, her cabinets are hanging off the hinge and things like that. So what I frankly, what we, I should say, frankly need are people with Tool belts, toolboxes, hammer, nails, whatever, to come in and say, hey, yes, we are neighbors. We will come in. I'm a handy person. I know how to fix fill in the blank. I know how to fix a floor. I know how to fix a roof. Uh, We are taking uh, monetary donations. But honestly, if you you want to know where your money is going, hey, look, go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot. What's here in Jonesboro? Yeah, Yeah, Lowe's, Home Depot. Hey, we need countertops cabinets, closet shelves, uh, uh, plumbing fixtures like uh, faucets and lights. We need plywood. We need uh, sinks. We need uh, uh, insulation. If yep. you're, And we have a location in Wynn that will take it. So you can go to weareneighbors.us and fill out a form and say, hey, I want to donate this. Tell me, you know, contact me. Tell me where to take it. it uh, it's uh, the old junior high school on Martin Luther King Boulevard in in Win. If you're like, hey, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to help you actually put it together. But you know what? I'll give five, ten, fifteen dollars. Let me sure. tell you something. Small dollar donations add up. I used yes. to work on political campaigns, and people would say, I don't know if my little five dollars help. <laughs> no, it right, yeah. does because small dollar donations add up very quickly. But we really, really, really need people who are willing to work. There is right. a sweet lady. For example, Miss Miss Lorraine 
in Wynn, Arkansas. I don't want to say people's last name. Sure, Miss yeah. Ruby. For people who know me, I'm not talking about my grandmother. I'm talking about another Miss Ruby. <laughs> uh, and she just need, her husband died. She's a widow. Mm-hmm. Like she has really, really nobody. Yeah. She needs someone, some able-bodied people. To come in and fix her floor and fix her roof. There's another pastor there. I'm not talking about my dad, everybody. But there's another pastor there. He's like, hey, I can get all the materials needed, but I need somebody to come help me fix this roof. Right. So everybody who was like all gung-ho and we want to do something, we want to help, please go to weareneighbors.us or text me at 615-490-2890. 615-490-2890. Hey, I want to help. Tell me what to do. Yes, that is a Nashville number, but I am from Arkansas. Sure. I am I am on the phone as if I'm like an operator on the ground. That's yeah. what we really need right now. So again, you guys can find out more about We Are Neighbors. It's weareneighbors.us. Thank and again, you. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for hands-on helpers. We're looking for people who want to put in some sweat equity to help the people in win, and then we'll carry it on, and we'll move it to different areas when the need is there. Uh, but we appreciate you coming in and driving all the way in and hanging out with us. And uh, we took a whole bunch of your time, uh, but we enjoyed your story. And uh, thanks for talking to no, us. No, thank you guys for giving this time. I know it, getting your platform is very competitive. I know people are always trying to pitch you to get on the show. So I appreciate you for, for doing this for my, my little hometown of Wynn, Arkansas. And like I said, guys, if you can go to weareneighbors.us or call me, 615-490-2890, Princella Smith. Get ready for a yellow jacket comeback. Yep. And yellow jacket comeback. As they say, once a jacket, always, always a jacket. jacket. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Madeline Raglan from J.A. of Jonesboro, the Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro. We're getting set for Operation Coat Drive. Uh, Madeline, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Good morning. Hey, we're good. We're fired up. Uh, we love to talk about JA and all the different service projects that you all get into because, man, JA helps a whole bunch of young people around Northeast Arkansas. Absolutely. And so this morning, I'm here to talk to you all about uh, the Community Outreach Programs Committee um, and a project that we're doing this semester. We're going to be doing a coat drive. It actually just started this Monday. We're collecting coats in area schools from uh, this past Monday through next Friday, September 8th. And so what our program or our community outreach programs committee does is we get together before the start of our JA year, which starts in August each year. And we work to identify projects we want to focus on for the fall and spring. And then as projects come up along the way, we, um, we respond to those and volunteer for those as requested. And um, so for this fall, I know it's hard to believe as we just came out from last week's heat wave, but we've got colder (laughs) temperatures just around the corner. And uh, we recognize that we have a lot of children in Craighead County who are not going to have coats as those temperatures drop. Um, So we decided on a coat drive this, this fall for our project. No, I think that's uh, it's super important, and I think a lot of us um, maybe you know we live in a bubble, we live in our own little world, and sometimes we don't think about the needs that are out there. You know, sometimes it might be a need for you know after school care. Sometimes it might be a need for food. And in this situation, I think you bring up a great point. It's going to get cold. We know what Arkansas does. You know, we're we're going to be at 115 heat index now, and in three months, it's going to be you know zero degrees and ice on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to prepare for that, and we want to make sure these kids are prepared. So um, how can we, as the community, help J.A. and these kids? Yeah, absolutely. So 
as I said, we started the coat drive on Monday, and it'll be going through Friday, September 8th for our drop-off locations. So we have bins for collection at the following schools. We've got them at Jonesboro Kindergarten Center, Jonesboro Health and Wellness, Jonesboro Visual and Performing Arts, Middleton Steam Elementary and Intermediate, and Fox Meadow Elementary. But if you can't make it by one of those drop-off locations on Saturday, September 9th for the first home football game at A-State, mm-hmm. JA will have a tent set up in Tailgate City and we'll have one final uh, collection time from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And um, so we will be collecting coats all through the following the next two weeks. Um, and if you don't have a coat but you still want to support, you can send a Venmo um, to at treasure-ja of Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a coat that you're wanting to give away um, and you just want to support with a monetary donation, that's, of course, very welcomed and appreciated, and you can send that to our Venmo. So, Madeline, <clears throat> I'm thinking about, like, what's in my house, right? We have this coat closet that probably mm-hmm. I don't go into until it's until it's fall. You know, we don't need it most of the time, but there's coats in there that – literally don't fit. They're not what I wear now, you know, whatever the the situation is. I bet you money that if we go to, to most people's homes, there are three or four coats they have no use for in their house. Oh, absolutely. And in my house as well. And so um, that's why we wanted to start that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, as people are getting ready to transition into our fall and winter clothes, and you might be going through your closets, now is a perfect opportunity to be going through those coats that um, you no longer wear or or you're willing to give to a child who, who will maybe need it this year. So again, if people want to find out more about Operation Coat Drive, where can they find that info online? Uh, on the Junior Auxiliary Facebook page, there is um, a graphic there that has a QR code for the Venmo, as well as just a reminder of all the drop-off locations, just all that information in one graphic flyer on the JA Facebook page. So again, it's Madeline Raglan. We're talking to Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro. Why did you decide to to be a part of JA? Because I know, you know, that's a commitment when you go and you say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to work with the community. I want to work with these kids. It's a big commitment for the people who join. What was it for you that kind of dragged you into it? Well, for me, I have been a resident of Jonesboro for most of my life. And just growing up in Jonesboro, I've always seen how generous and caring our community is. And I thought that JA was a perfect opportunity to be a part of that and to give back to the community that has made me into the person I am today. And I just completed my provisional year in JA. And so now I'm starting my active years. And just in the last year alone, it has really been amazing to see the generosity of the Jonesboro community and just in Craighead County as a whole. And uh, it's really amazing to see that no matter what the the project that JA is doing and no matter the ask um, for support, our community is so generous. And uh, that has been really amazing to see. So tell me about that provisional year. Is that kind of like a tester to see if if they want to accept you into JA? Do you have to kind of earn your way in? <laughs> well, you, you've already earned your way in, but that provisional year is just a year to um, just really learn about what JA is. Um, so you're going to all those monthly meetings, but you're also having your own provisional monthly meetings as well, just to really learn more about it. And um, you're also taking that year to shadow different projects Mm -hmm. um, to see what project that you want to be a part of once you uh, go into your active years. And so once you become an active member, you're assigned to two different projects. And so community outreach programs is one of my projects and uh, as well as charity ball um, projects as well. 
Dang. Well, Madeline, they scored with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We're sitting. I'm sitting here going, man, she's pretty good mm-hmm. at this whole radio. <laughs> so what's your well, day job? You what do you do as a day job? My day job is um, I work in the provost office at Arkansas State University. Mm-hmm. I do student outreach as well as academic misconduct case management. All She's right. all about helping people. <laughs> wow. Hey, yeah. We appreciate you talking to us this morning. Again, it's Madeline Raglan from JA of Jonesboro. You can find out more at jajonesboro.org or on the Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro Facebook page. Operation Coat Drive is going on now and continues through Friday, September the 8th. And then uh, the Final collection spot, uh, Tailgate City, for the first A-State football home game on September the 9th. Madeline, we appreciate your time this morning, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Right, thank you. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined in the studio this morning by Rodney Poff from Jonesboro Occasions Magazine, who not only has come in studio, he has destroyed stuff in studio this morning. I told you the last time, you mistreat me, I'm going to start breaking stuff. And you did. <laughs> what have you done? He's tore a microphone off a stand already, yeah. and that thing doesn't appear like it's going to stay up. Does it? Is it going to stay up for That's you? That's okay. All right. We'll make it work. All right. All right. What, you, you can't lean over for the entire interview. He's going to have to hold I'm old. I lean over all the time. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. Anything exciting happening in the Poff household? It seems like you guys always have stuff going on and kids going every which direction and grandbabies. And... Yes, that happens when you get old. <laughs> <laughs> are you physically exhausted? Uh, no, I mean, nah. It's all right. You get used to things. You know? Yeah. So let's talk about what's happening with uh, Jonesboro Occasions Magazine. I know, uh, golly, I guess the new issue comes out here any day now. Right. It should be, what is this, Wednesday? It could be Friday, but probably Tuesday. All right. And, of course, typically when we get to this time of year, we get set for uh, Arkansas State football. Are we going to have a a football impact in Occasions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lots of the stories are, are, well, A-State. Yes, there will be football. Yeah, sure. Yeah. but yeah, no, it's going to be a state. A lot of the uh, the articles are a state based, so it is our a state issue. So this would have been a good time to have me on the cover. You know, mm. returning for what's going to be, I guess, I guess my ninth season as the in game host. Hmm. This would this would have been a good year for that for me to be the cover. Who did you choose for the cover? That's some guy off the street. We just oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to wait until it's your 10th year. Okay, okay. If they ask you one more yeah. time. I'll have to make it another year here? Well, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we've got the odds. That's, <laughs> that's asking a lot. Anyway, so we bring Rodney in. He gives us a, an update on what's happening around the area, the Jonesboro Occasions event roster. What do we have coming up over the next couple of weeks? We've got uh, starting Friday. Uh, September 1st, the Foundation of Arts will present First Fridays on the Forum featuring Eli Howard and the Greater Good with special guest Lucas Tyler. That's at 7.30 Friday. Okay. Uh, to reserve a ticket, you go to foajonesboro.org or call 935-2726. Also heard you can stop by Michael Wewer's house and you can just pick up tickets from him at his house. Yeah, about midnight would be good. <laughs> Is that when he does his ticket giveaways? Oh, yeah. Leave oh, yeah. Michael alone. <laughs> Well, gladly. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Saturday, September 2nd, and every Saturday in September, mm-hmm. the Judd Hill Farmer's Market will take place uh, from 8 to 1 o'clock at 3350 Aggie Road. And their new. have you been to the new building? 
haven't haven't been inside of it yet. All right, it's really cool. Yeah, it looks uh, awesome. All produce and products are locally grown or created in the state of Arkansas. Go to JudHillFarmersMarket.com for more information. What's your favorite fruit? Like if you had to pick a fruit, what's your favorite? Like melons? Uh, yeah, yeah. Local would be melons. Local, local melons. Yeah. Like watermelon. <laughs> yes. Cantaloupe. I'm asking. I'm not a cantaloupe fan. Not a cantaloupe. No. Even with the salt, you're not going to go for that. I don't. I've never liked. I'm I don't know salter. what it is. I, I love watermelon, but yeah. I can't stand cantaloupe. Do you I, like strawberries? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Peaches. Yes. Grapes. Love grapes. Yeah. Okay. So then, do you go with the purple grapes or the green grapes? Um, my favorite actually are the black grapes. Okay. That's but uh, as long as they're. As long as they have a crisp, yeah. you know, that, that they're fine. They're great. Yeah. What about your favorite uh, vegetables? Which it's ones? every day, all the time, what? Rodney, all the time. <laughs> what about a vegetable if you had to pick a vegetable? Don't. What? I'm just I already asking. see it on your face. I don't have anything. I already see it. I already know. <laughs> he's got something. I'll tell you my real answer when we're <laughs> off here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Again, he's the man who loves the melons, Rodney Poff. What else you got? Oh, my. Uh, and then a reminder that uh, next week, th- uh, next Thursday, September 7th, Jazz Group of the Year nominee, the Lau Tizer Band featuring Eric Marienthal, will perform in concert at Ryson Hall inside the Fowler Center at 730. Uh, go to slash Fowler. Have you seen they're about to start doing a lot more stuff in the Fowler Center, a lot of different events, and they're bringing country in. Uh, Lori Morgan, I think, is there uh, maybe even to, is it tomorrow it's night? Tomorrow, Lori Morgan. Wait. Yeah, the 31st. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's tomorrow night. That's, that's cool. Um, yeah, they're doing a whole lot of, of things there, and that's, it, they need to. It's cool. It's, yeah, that's a great thing. It's, it's a jewel, man. It really is. Um, fr- next Friday, September 8th, and Saturday, September 9th, the Foundation of Arts will host. Local Fest 4 in downtown Jonesboro. The event will include more than 75 bands and musicians, vendors, food trucks, games, and more. Mm-hmm. Tickets may be purchased online at foamusic.org or call 935 And then next Saturday. <laughs> Wolves up. Yeah. You ready for it? It's I about am. time, right? It is. And uh, yeah, Memphis is a cool way to start your uh, your home schedule so no i know so and you know what memphis does because we're close right so memphis brings their crew of fans every single time we play at home and you see the sea of blue over there on that one side and we got to overpower them with the sea of red we do um we we definitely do we need to show up and show what are they out show up and show Show up and show out that's right Arkansas State football is back again. The first home game of the season is going to be on Saturday, September the 9th. Six o'clock kickoff, so you get the full tailgate experience before the game. Really, and when you look at these September games, we have three Saturdays in a row in September. Oh, yeah. And they're all six o'clock games. And typically, the weather in September is nice. So. Yeah, it should be good. We talk often about how, you know, there's all kinds of events that happen around here, but there's no event on a regular basis, even on years, you know, even like in COVID years, that draws more people to an event than A-State football. That's awesome. I'm ready. Come on now. Wolves up. You ready for it? I am. And as Mr. Rodney Poff so eloquently puts it at the end of every Jonesboro Occasions event roster, Poff off. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show. 
with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, good morning. How are you? Morning. Doing great this morning. Hey, so uh, I want to tell Kelly about the text I sent to you because uh, my wife, um, she brought down a whole basket full of puppies from our neighbors. Their dogs had seven puppies. So Leslie, of course, wants to have at least one, if not seven of the puppies. She wants to keep them. Uh, and then she, I'm like, well, what, what even are these dogs? And they're, you know, some type of a mixed breed from the dogs in our neighbor's collection. And, and Leslie was trying to tell me that the, the one female dog had different types of puppies, different breeds of puppies, because she told me that this, this dog, even though all these dogs, seven puppies came out of the same litter, there are two different fathers of the same seven litters or seven puppies in the litter. I think that can happen so with dogs for some reason. I sent Kevin a text and I said, Kevin, is it possible for these same seven puppies who came out, you know, roughly at the same time to have different dads? And he wouldn't answer me until we get on the air. I said, that's a great topic to talk about. So is it, is it possible? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to know a little bit about the reproductive cycle of a dog to understand this, but um, you know, a dog comes in heat, and um, they ovulate at some point during that time, and they release multiple eggs. Uh, obviously, you know, this your neighbor's female had at least seven eggs, or could Hang have been on. more than that. Dr. Reed, I am drawing a picture for Brandon as you uh, <laughs> as you explain it. Go ahead. Thank you. Thanks. All this, these pictures as I go along. But <laughs> so what happened? Is before you know a dog when a, a female's in heat, their uh, male dogs are attracted to it, and um, they can actually a male could actually breed the female before she ever ovulates, meaning there's no eggs released from the ovary. Well, what happens is, uh, and you can draw them pictures of this, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> the live inside the uterus for a few days, so. Say, you know, after they mate and then a couple of days later the female ovulates, that sperm that was left by the male dog can basically, one sperm will, you know, make its way to one of the eggs and um, fertilize it. Well, a couple of days later, another dog may, another male may come along and breed that female. Mm-hmm. And it may not, the female may not release all the eggs at once and it may they release a, the ovary may release a couple more eggs. So it's very possible that that second male could impregnate and fertilize the other eggs. Is it really rare? Theoretically, you could have a third dog. Oh, um, my gosh. You see that's happening in cows, cats, dogs. Um, it's, it's not as common in cats because cats are what uh, have a um, reproductive uh, term called induced ovulators, meaning they don't release the eggs until they're actually bred. Now, theoretically, you know, uh, one cat could breed uh, the cat. Uh, she could release it. Uh, ovaries could release the eggs. And a day or two later, another cat could come along and, and breed it. And so you could see the same thing. Um, it's called super fecundation, which before we got on the air, Kelly told me that was the word she won her Scrabble tournament with last <laughs> week. Yeah, <laughs> that I always win with big words. And, you know, believe it or not, it's rare in humans, but it could happen. Say, you know, fraternal twins, uh, female releases two eggs, and um, if she 
had relations with two different men. It's possible that one could be the father of one of the twins and another person, another man could be a father of the second. This is a mess. This, yeah. Can you imagine what that conversation looks like? <laughs> so, you remember the movie back in the 80s, uh, Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Mm. That's that it. Was, I don't remember the storyline, actually. I don't remember. But, you know, theoretically, that could have been an issue, you know, could have been a problem. So I'm going to have to go home and so, tell my wife she was right because I told her she was trying to tell me, well, this one looks like so-and-so and this one looks like the other male dog. And I was telling her she had lost her mind. There was no way this is possible. And you're telling me it's probably not only possible, but probably likely. Yeah, it can. And, you know, sometimes uh, the breeder, if, if say there's a breeding situation where they have a female and then maybe multiple males. And if they're not keeping a close eye, you know, they, they want to they have a planned breeding with one of the sires, one of the males. And then, you know, they're not real good with their, you know, husbandry and management. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, another male of the same breed, you know, could could breed the female too, a day or two later. And so, you know, you could have puppies from two different males. Say if it's Labradors, you know, you really couldn't tell other than doing DNA testing at some point Mm -hmm. to tell which puppy belonged to which father. So, um you know, it's it's kind of. I, I was trying to think back. I think the largest dog litter I ever saw was thirteen puppies. Good grief! And, you know, it's not unheard of. You know, some of these breeds, Labradors especially, tend to have large litters. You know, nine to ten dogs is not un puppies is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. So you know, the the possibility is always always there for a female to have uh, the her offspring to have two different uh, baby daddies. Hey, tell me about like, um, cause I remember at one point we had a bulldog and, and you might remember that, but like, you know, if the female bulldog, like one of the f- stories I remember hearing was that bulldogs were more expensive because the labor process for a bulldog to have a, a puppy was a lot more intense and typically it required the veterinary help. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. A lot of, um, you know, um, people that breed bulldogs, it's just a given that, you know, they're going to have a C-section at the time of birth just because of uh, the shape of the bulldog's head, especially. And, uh, you know, bulldogs don't have a real big pelvis on them. Um, and so if they've got a smaller pelvic canal, a lot of times that can lead to a difficult birth, uh, where you have to intervene you know, on an emergency situation and do a C-section. So a lot of these, uh, I had a, a good friend of mine that was, um, uh, has a, he was in my manage, veterinary management group and he was in a suburb of Atlanta and he was a big bulldog fan, obviously, because of, uh, you know, Georgia Bulldogs. And, and he was kind of an expert in the field. I mean, people came from everywhere with bulldogs and, and he did no telling how many C-sections a year on bulldogs. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, if you've got a bulldog, I'm not going to say they can't have puppies naturally, but a lot of times if one's a little bigger than it should be, you know, they will get into a situation where they may not be able to deliver it, and it's a emergency intervention in that situation. But is it better to go ahead and plan on, on doing it the other way, the C-section, if you know your bulldog's about to have puppies? I think that's probably the safest way to do it, uh, you know, just because there's they're probably the breed with the uh, the highest incidence of dystocia, which means difficult, uh, difficult birth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
that uh, that way. And and you know to do that, you need to keep meticulous records when the dogs are bred because then you you know the normal gestation or pregnancy time for a dog is you know 58 to 63, 64 days. So you know you need to kind of keep records and don't say you know you don't want to hear well it was bred about six or seven weeks ago <laughs> uh, because you know there's uh, we're not as advanced to the point where we can tell exactly how old the puppies are at this point. I mean, ultrasounds can be done, but, you know, you don't want to intervene too early. And obviously, you know, if you intervene too late, they've probably already been been in labor trying to have puppies. So that's to keep really good records on the actual breeding date. So, you know, we can narrow down the actual time when they should be, uh, be having a normal birth. Well, normally I like to talk to you, but I hate to go back to my wife and tell her that she was right. But I guess I will today. Thank you, Kevin. And the prize is a new dog. No, nope. Got to have a female. We need, yeah, of course. That's what she needs is something to dress up. I said, I'll go to the the American doll store and we'll get you a doll if you need to dress something up. She didn't think that was that funny. I don't know why. Anyway, y'all, he is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. You can find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, we'll talk to you back here next week. Great talking to you. I'll right. see you next week. All right. See you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, so we're joined in studio this morning by Beverly Parker, who is here to represent Keep Jonesboro Beautiful, a commission that's dedicated to, you know, keeping Jonesboro beautiful. So uh, welcome in, Beverly. How are you well, this thanks. morning? Great. Great to be here. We appreciate being able to talk about some of the things that we're working on. Uh, has your heart rate come down since I initially scared you this morning? <laughs> yes, I'm all good now. Thank you. <laughs> we we typically don't scare the mess out of our guests before they come in to talk. But Beverly was outside of the studio and she was reading something on the wall. And I guess I kind of approached her a little bit loud. Hey! <laughs> hey! hey what are, you, are you ready? And she jumped and all yeah, of a sudden we're like, was, Yeah. Welcome to the show. Now. All right. We've given her about 20 minutes to calm down. <laughs> yes. Uh, so keep Jonesboro beautiful. It's all about clean, green, and being beautiful. Uh, and you're the chair of this of this commission. Why in the world did you decide you want to, to jump in and, and chair something? Because, you know, when you take the position of chair, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of responsibility. Well, uh, I'll just say that uh, litter and uh, the, the direction that our city was going in in terms of our general appearance has bothered me for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that know me know that I kind of, uh, when I when I get a bone, I really like to chew it. Okay. And so <laughs> you're going all that's, in. That's huh? kind of what I'm doing here. And so uh our commission started right before the pandemic. Okay. Uh, pro- great timing, great Beverly. Timing, yeah. <laughs> so we're coming out of the pandemic, and uh, we've done some good things, I think. Uh, there's a long way to go. But I guess the basic message that I have for everyone listening here is that our community or whatever community you're living in will be only as clean, green, and beautiful as you want it to be. It comes down to the individuals, the individuals in the community who care about their community and want it to look better. And it's not just about pretty. This is the thing I, I like to always mention. Sometimes there will be people passing through our community 
and all they're going to see is the street that yeah. they pass through on. Sure, you're right. And they're going to make a judgment on what kind of people we are based mm-hmm. on that. The other thing is we have people coming to our community to open businesses, mm-hmm. to uh, start industry. It's very important throughout our economy to present ourselves the best way we can. And yeah. we don't want to have a littered community. We don't want to have large tracts of land that have been scraped uh, free of trees. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that we can do to help our community with our appearance. Well, <clears throat> I think that's a great point, too, because many of us travel. I've been to cities all over the country. And, you know, you do. You Sometimes if you're just going in to visit for, you know, a day or whatever, you do pass Maybe a little bit of judgment when you just go through or you're driving through a place. What Was there a certain moment? I'm not going to ask you like a specific address or something like that, but was there a specific no. thing that made you think, man, we got to do something about this? No, I, I've just hated litter for quite some time. Yeah. I, I would just pick up litter, you know, on a random walk. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so disheartening when you do that as an individual and you come back and the next day it's back there again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we're trying to do with this effort is really trying to motivate people to uh, take individual responsibility okay. uh, because that's what it takes. And I don't mean individual responsibility just to pick up litter. Mm-hmm. I mean individual responsibility to prevent litter. Yeah. One of the things that we're doing, for instance, is uh, working with school children. Uh, Keep Arkansas Beautiful has a book uh, called Otto the Otter. Mm-hmm. Otto lives in a stream, and he doesn't want his home polluted. So um, little things like that to sure. grow a generation that is more appreciative of the environment. I love one of your taglines. As I was going through all your stuff uh, this morning, uh, one of the taglines is, it's time to fight dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because it's hyper creative. Let's fight well, dirty and keep it clean, right? Right, right. So um, our other uh, tagline, I guess, is clean, green, and beautiful. Or I, Actually, that's our vision, that our community will be clean, green, and beautiful. Okay. And so beyond litter, there's other things that we're working on such as uh, greening. Uh, We want more green space, Mm -hmm. Uh, planting trees. We've planted some trees, Uh, asking people to really kind of look at their property and see how they can tidy it up some. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about that this morning. No, I think that's smart. And you're not asking people, you're not saying, hey, go clean the whole city. We're not saying go clean the whole block. Just clean your space. And if we all go and clean our space or clean around our business or whatever the case is, we have a better uh, representation just doing that. One of the things that has worked beautifully is uh, working with code enforcement mm-hmm. and the uh, monthly cleanups that are being done throughout the community. And I don't know if y'all have talked no, tell about, me about that. that. So um, Scott Roper is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out <laughs> and, to Scott. <laughs> and uh, as the sanitation department as well, what they do is once a month they pick a location within the city. Uh, last time it was Parker Park coming up this coming uh, it's the first Saturday of the month so mm-hmm. that I think that would be the 8th mm-hmm. of September it will be at the uh, YMCA there on Nettleton Avenue you can load up what you have in your yard the sofas the refrigerators really? large items as long as it's not construction equipment or hazmat material right. they will take it so this has done a really great job of helping people in neighborhoods that maybe 
you know, we have trucks. Sure. Other people don't have trucks to haul their things to the landfill. Mm-hmm. So this has worked enormously well to have people take ownership of their own property and have a way that they can clean it up. So that's just one example of some of the things that we're trying to do and working with the people and uh, helping them understand their individual responsibility. We're working on, um, oh, let me just mention one other thing. I call it trash can hygiene. Okay. So, oh gosh, I'm afraid I'm going to. Oh, I'm scared. I might not be good at this. Tell yeah. me about trash can well, hygiene. Uh, people think litter comes from people chunking stuff out the window, mm-hmm. or maybe coming out of your truck bed, as you mentioned okay. earlier. Okay, that's happened before, Beverly. <laughs> but what happened was Kai like pyramid of dr- cans in the pail moon. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, it's not all me though. It was my son. I'll blame him. But um, really, it comes from our habits, mm-hmm. dumpsters and trash cans. So. There's actually a code that says your trash cans can't stay on the side of the street okay. forever. Mm-hmm. You should not be coming from your house and dumping things into your trash can because <laughs> what eventually happens is that gets overloaded and it spills out mm-hmm. and then perhaps an animal gets to it and it turns it over. All of that becomes litter then. Sure. Same thing with dumpsters. Um, and. People live in different circumstances. I understand that. But if you have a dumpster and it is overflowing Mm -hmm. and stuff is blowing out of it, you are a litterer. Oh, wow. So it's not just people throwing things out the window. It's the habits that we all have about how we contain our trash and how we manage trash can hygiene. So and you caught me grinning That's at you great. because there's times you know we have two of the two of the trash bins at home right and every once in a while there's three people in our house a teenage boy sometimes they get too full and if that thing doesn't want to close all the way the next morning you know you go out let's say it's even open just a little bit on one side if something pushes that open then you have a mess and you're a person that goes out and if it's blown off to your neighbor's yard you'll go out and get that litter not everybody will do that and that that's one of our problems so um what i would suggest to you Mm -hmm. is that you try to compress your trash Mm -hmm. um you know, those takeout containers, I'm sure you're not using a lot of styrofoam because styrofoam's horrible. Sure, right. No, but, I would never uh, do that, Beverly. If you break that up, you know, you can nestle them. Mm-hmm. And uh, people that don't break down their boxes, I don't oh, get that. Can I tell you, my wife, I promise you, as soon as the trash is picked up at our house, and for us it's on Thursdays, I promise she goes out there and tries to fill the whole trash bin that day. <laughs> Because she'll put a big old box that came in from yeah. Amazon completely as mm-hmm. just a box. And the whole thing's full. Okay. Will you well, go to my house well, and talk well, to her? Yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> well, we know that cardboard is right recyclable. Yeah. And so you have oh. a blue container, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Patrick Courtois was supposed to drop that off at my house. Brandon, gonna... do not bring somebody else up when it's your own fault. Okay. Uh, we're going to work... Can we take up a collection here? <laughs> you, don't, yes. you don't have to take up a collection for me. Okay. I I'll, I need. I think we can all do better. And I think, you know, you coming in here, I think, okay, I, I'm pretty good at this. But there are little areas we can all do better. It's a great exactly. reminder. I, I actually bought a container for my neighbor. It's like the best thing I've ever done for them. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> when I delivered it to them, they were so excited. <laughs> and I said, yes, <laughs> all, were... those, all those cans can go in there. And just think, 
you're building a car. You're yeah. building a car, one car a year from all that women <laughs> on that you're putting in there. That's crazy. So, um, and by the way, cans, it's so important. Cans are the one thing that has a positive effect. Like if they're not having to go and mine aluminum to uh-huh. make a can, they're oh. able to use your can to make another can that has a, like, a net positive effect. So, Brandon. Oh, hang on. Hang this on. is the greatest interview <laughs> I could ever. Save, I could save entire communities off of beer cans. Yes. <laughs> so, so, here we go. Personal responsibility. Did uh, not start with that, Brandon? Is this the whole reason you came in here? Is this an intervention? Yep, it is. <laughs> this is Beverly's last time to ever come in here. <laughs> so, we got to have some fun. We no, got to laugh. No, but we can all do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Hey, if people want to find out more about uh, Keep Jones. Real beautiful, the commission, the initiative. Where can they get more information on that? They can go to keepjonesboroughbeautiful.com. They can also go to our Facebook page. Uh, they can private message me, yeah. but just don't tell me where the litter is because I already know that. Okay. Yeah. So you don't, you're not going to go out and clean it up for people. No, we're really working to help people understand <laughs> how it's coming out of Brandon's trash can. <laughs> All right, oh, it's her last it. it's her last visit. Beverly Parker joins us in she studio. She can come back every week. <laughs> Keep Jonesboro beautiful with the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. From Arkansas for Arkansas, this is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. So if you go and check out today's podcast, you'll hear the entire K-Fine Breakfast Club, all kinds of great guests this morning, including Dr. Shane Spites. Uh, he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. And unfortunately, COVID is making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear that, but there's a bunch of COVID in this area. Uh, he tells us what's going on with that. Is it a major concern? And I'll go ahead and give you like the cliff notes. It's not a major concern unless there's, you know, you're the elderly or if there's some type of underlying condition. And it's not as bad as it has been, mm-hmm. but it is there. So we're going to watch that. Uh, Princella Smith was on talking about We Are Neighbors. This is all about tornado relief for people in wind who are still impacted by those storms. Mm-hmm. And in her stories and basically what she's seen and the people she's talked to, like she's been there on the ground talking to people in neighborhoods that still don't have their homes put together. Right. So uh, we talked to Princella. Also, Madeline Raglan was on uh, the Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro has Operation Coat Drive going on. We chat with her. Beverly Parker was in to talk about Keep Jonesboro Beautiful. That's mm-hmm. an initiative going on. Rodney Poff stopped by this morning from Jonesboro Occasions Magazine. And Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care, Wet Nose Wednesday. Can a dog have a litter of puppies that are fathered by two separate dogs? The answer may surprise you. All of that on today's podcast. All you have to do is search Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly, wherever you get podcasts. And Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? America's Got Talent, the 14th season premiere of Archer, and the second season finale of Chippendale Park Life. On Disney Plus. Oh, not the Chippendales we used to go to. Gotcha. Brandon. Oh, is that the supposed one that to be? you used to work for? Yeah, that's yeah. why you went. Oh yeah! <laughs> Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow so morning on Arkansas's <laughs> Morning Show.